when I was preparing this year earlier this morning, I was thinking, I was reading it, I was like, you know what, this is a very good martial uh, analogy for this kind of concept, which is actually a big thing at the moment now, is big data. And it's because like, if you tell anyone you've done a scientific background, the first thing they say is, do you want to work in data? And no, I mean, like, no one wants to because it's, it's terrible. But, um, but the concept of big data is that you, you need to store a lot of information. That's why that, that's the big part of the data. And it's like, it's terabytes and petabytes of data. That's the huge thing is how do you store it? And the second thing about it is how do you then use it? So you have all the stored data, but it's not useful to you if you can't actually work through it. So that there's a, a lot of people are employed and there's a lot of stuff in programming and on methods to look through the data, to sift it. The big thing is to work out what's important, what's not important. And then once you know what's important, how can I extract useful information out of that and present it in a story that I can learn something from. And this is a big thing now. And it's actually the, the most... Um, uh, the most valuable commodity at the moment is information. Information on people, information on habits, and the big value in it is that it makes you smarter. Right? So you're not wasting money on things you aren't earning a profit on. You can optimize things that you see are actually picking up some traction, are picking up people are into it or something, so you can work out what's benefiting you so that you can put more time into that, you can work out what's losing you money, so you don't have to look at that. So there's a huge benefit in information um, and intelligence. And it's the same thing with us. The, what, what this way is called in Hebrew, it's beyishuv, which means like sitting down, sitting. It means to be deliberate. But it means to think, really. What the, if you could categorize this whole way in one way, it means thinking. Sorry, let me explain what we're doing. There's a Mishnah in the sixth chapter of Pirkei Avos, and it says that the Torah is acquired through 48 ways, and then it lists these ways. The founder of Eshet Torah, Rav Noach Weinberg, um, he elaborated on all of these ways, and he gave us insights into them that you can make them for a whole system of living, and it improves your whole life, not even in a religious setting, but just in any setting, it can improve your whole life. So this way, way number 13, is Beyeshuv. And that's um, thinking, thinking about what you're doing. So the last of the 48 ways we've been discussing from 10 onwards have all got to do with your relationship with other people, right? So remember, we started this with having a teacher. So that was the teacher-student relationship. That was way number 10. Then it was having a friend. That was way number 11. Then it was you yourself being a teacher and having students, so teaching other people, way number 12. And this is now way number 13 which is thinking, and that's your relationship with yourself. So we've done, we've done all your big relationships now in wisdom. And you know, how many times have you made a decision that afterwards you said, I wish I just thought about it a little bit more? Or how many times have you um, heard a great cheer or heard a great <laughs> idea, but you couldn't remember it two weeks later? You said, this is actually a great idea, and if I really use this in my life, I'll get such benefit. And then two weeks later, you try to think about what it was that we spoke about, what anyone spoke about and you're a bit hazy on it and you actually don't know how to implement it practically and all of these problems of not being able to re retain information not being able to put it together in a proper way um, making bad decisions it's all related to not thinking properly so just like with the analogy of big data there's two problems with it you need to be able to store the information and you need to be able to work through it in a logical intelligent way it's the same thing with you 
you have a brilliant mind. There's a ton of information in it, and it's a huge tool, but we don't use it. Using it effectively would require committing things to memory. You need to be able to store information correctly, because if you don't have the information stored, it's, I mean, you're useless, you're, you're ignorant. And if you do have the information, but you can't use it, meaning you can't put it together properly, or you don't have a physical benefit, uh, not a physical, but uh, yeah, a real benefit of it in your life, then what's the point of knowing it? Not knowing it for the sake of knowing it, right? You want to get some benefit out of it. So what we're going to chat about tonight is when you learn something, take the time to memorize it, take the time to absorb it. And after you've done that, try to get a proper benefit out of that information. Don't just let it sit with you because then it's useless, right? So um, it says that so we're going to go to farming for a second, but that's because it says that, and I don't want to mess this up, um, wisdom is to the soul what food is to the body. So in the same way that there's a farming process to get food ready for the body, there's a similar concept which you're going to use the same steps to get wisdom ready for the soul or wisdom ready for your mind. Um, so it says, I think in Erevin, so in the Gomorrah it says that whatever you study, you need to learn it four times. And we're going to use this concept of the farming food soul analogy to work out what are the four stages in any learning procedure, any learning process. So the first step in learning, well actually no, the first step in farming is plowing. You need to plow the land. So once you've plowed the land, you actually haven't done anything, right? Meaning nothing's going to grow at that stage. You've just prepared the land for future growth. So when it comes to the world of learning something and information, the first time you learn something, that's just considered plowing. It's in the sense that you actually haven't learned anything at this stage. Meaning that if you hear an idea, it doesn't mean you've learned it. Actually means nothing's happened. It just means you're getting used to the concept. You've just prepared the mind for that concept. After plowing comes planting, right? You need to put the seeds down. Um, this, so that means getting something into the earth from which you'll get a benefit from it. So that's, in the world of learning, that's committing something to memory. So the second stage is you have to make an effort to memorize it. So that could either be going over it a couple of times, that could be trying to find some logic in it, that could make you remember it, but you have to make an effort to remember it. If you don't make the effort to remember it, you won't automatically remember it just because you heard it. Okay, then the next two stages, the third stage is harvesting. So you think maybe at the, at the stage of harvesting you finish the process. What more is there after you've harvested? You still have to eat. So harvesting is where you now are able to take it from the field and you take it into your house, meaning you almost have it ready, you just, but, but you have it, meaning in the sense of you're not going to lose it. Right? When it's in the field, you could still lose it, but when it's in the house, you, now you have it. So this is where you ask yourself, what did I learn from this? Meaning you can say, this was the lesson and these are the lessons of it. Someone says, what's the concept on this idea? You can say, that actually means this. These are the details. This is what it is. This is the idea. You have it clear. What did I learn from it? What's the message? You can use the first of the 48 ways to deal with that. And then the last one, like we said, at the end of the process, you have to eat it. Meaning, what's the whole reason you're doing the farming? Because you want to be able to eat it. You're not doing it for the plowing sake. So, in terms of knowledge and wisdom, the eating is what can I do? How is it actually going to change something? Right Now that I have the wisdom, am I going to live any differently or am I going to live identically?
So you don't want to live identically, otherwise you haven't learned anything. Okay, so um, don't think that just because you heard something you're going to learn it. If you plow without planting, there's no point. So when you hear something, repeat it to yourself, write it down, make some plan to remember it. And then if you plant it, but you never harvest it and never eat it, well, what's the point of the planting? Once you have information, try to work it out, right? Think through it, what's the story? And then you can ask yourself questions like, do I agree with information? So just because you hear an idea doesn't mean you have to accept it. So you, agree, you hear an idea and you think, do I agree with it? Um, if yes, what about it do I agree with? Is it similar to something I've heard before? Could I have worked this out myself? Did I have to hear it? Is there maybe a nuance in it that I didn't come to by myself? What would that nuance be? Or if I disagree with it, why would I disagree with it? What's the reason I'm disagreeing with it? Am I disagreeing with the entire idea or the aspects I agree with it? These are just easy questions to ask. But they start probing it and then you can start getting something out of it. They have a different relationship with that information. So um, to apply this way, to be deliberate, the first way we can apply it is in decision making. Now, your life is just basically a series of decisions. And you always have to decide on something. There's no way you can ever not make a decision. Every move you make is closing one door and opening another. Always. Take the time. Right? It's a mission in Prika Avo. So the rabbis say, be deliberate in your decision making. That means... Slow it down, let it sit with you, write it out, make up a table and say, what are the pros and cons? How, what's the plan in five years' time? Is it nice now? Is it nice for later? Is it good for my body? Is it good for my soul? All these decisions. Am I basing this on ideas that I've just heard and I feel to be true but I haven't invested time? Am I basing it on something I've learned but I don't truly understand it? Take the time to make a decision properly and ask around. Then you always, so that's the first application. Secondly, you're always going to be arguing with someone. You're always going to have a conversation with someone. So when, you, when you're arguing with someone and they disagree with you, don't just say, look, they're wrong and I can't talk to them. Be slow and think. Are they wrong? Why would I disagree with them? Have they maybe got a point that I'm not seeing? Should I ask them to explain it to me in a different way? Then the next thing is very important. It's called the Cheshbon and Nefesh, which is, means to take, an accounting of your, sorry, to take an accounting of your soul. So that means just at the end of every day, when you're lying in bed before you go to sleep, just think, what did I do today? What, what were the steps I went through today? What were the thoughts I had? What were the good things I did? Which are the things that I should maybe, you know what, this is actually good, I should continue to do this. What are the bad things that I did that I, maybe I should try work on? Um, because you must understand, don't go through your life like hurtling through it as if you're always running and you're never stopping to breathe. When you slow down every night and think, you know what, another day has gone, let me prepare for the next day. Um, and you know sometimes also the, just a last application of this concept um, is sometimes you have a moment of inspiration so you'll be like at the end of Yom Kippur before Ne'ila, a little bit tired the rabbi comes up, he gives a very good vote and you get very inspired you think you know what, actually this year I am dedicating myself to Torah and to Judaism and to Hashem in a different way or something. I'm going to make an effort this year and maybe there's something to this stuff or anything like that. And then after Yom Kippur, you go breaking the fast and you forget about it. That night when it comes out, you should write it down. Write down that resolve. Meaning try capture the information. Try store it. Don't just let things come in and then go out. Now, the, this concept of thinking about your life and thinking about things is so important that the Ramchal, in his very famous book, the Masila Sisharim, starts off with this idea. So the first sentence of the book is loaded with a ton of stuff, but we're going to focus on the thinking aspect of it. But look what he says. He says, 
Now this is word for word quoting, right? Yesoid hachasidus, the foundation of true piety, v'shoresh avoida, and the root, sorry, v'shoresh avoida ta'atamima, the root of perfect service of Hashem. So you couldn't get anything bigger. Who? She is borer, that someone should clarify, thinking, for yis amates and verify, make true to themselves. Eitzel Adam, a person, what is his obligation in his world? Think, what am I living for? What the Ramchal is saying is, you know what, the most important thing you could ever think about is, what's my life for? What am I living for? Why should I, what am I doing every day? What's the story that ties the whole life together? What's the theme that runs the whole life? It's not just different days and each day goes to the next. What's the theme between all the days? Think about it. So he says, what's your job? What's your obligation? And to what aim he should put his, his ambition um, and his effort in all the days of his life. So what's your job in the world? And what are you aiming for? Meaning, what what are you obligated to do? And what's the bigger goal? He says, think about this. And this is the only this is the the only way you're going to serve Hashem truly is if you spend the time thinking about this. Think about what am I living for? You know, also in the also in the same book, he says that the number one job of the Eight Sahara, the only thing it's trying to do, is stop you from thinking. Because if you have to think properly for a second about what you are spending your life on and what's truly important. You would change. So he, all he's got to do the Yetzirah is just keep you from thinking. You know, um, I think there's a connection to um, in the Haggadah when the Jews were still in Egypt and Paroi, the Pharaoh, gave us very sh- strong crushing labor. One of the um, goals of Pharaoh working us so hard is that we didn't have time to think. And the Yetzirah is doing it to you this, all the time. To finish off, we'll just say one important idea is that those who put the effort to think, those who try think, make an effort, Hashem sends them the answer. So we have a concept from the Gemara. It says, if someone says, I tried, I put an effort, but I didn't learn, you're not allowed to believe him. Because if someone does put in the effort and they try, Hashem will help.